What's up, y'all? It's your girl, KB, and welcome to the Heart Convos podcast, where we believe it's not a hard conversation, it's a heart conversation. As always, well, maybe not true this second season because I'm having special guests. So back like she never left uh, is my co-host, Raffine. Please make some noise for her. We are back. It's 2020, girl. How you feeling? I feel good. I feel good. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. You didn't. I barely knew it was coming. I mean, I felt it in my in my bones. Okay. <laughs> how was your holiday? How was how was the new year? How was Christmas? Holidays were fine. Got to hang out with my family for Christmas. New Year's was pretty chill, which I was okay with. So. Yeah, listen, your whole life you've probably been in watch night services. Not the last, like, three years. Really? I mean, that's less than my whole life, but... <laughs> I was going to say. Watch night for people that are not black-churched is going <laughs> oh, to right. church on New Year's Eve. <laughs> like, what is a you watch right. night? That what is are we a, watching at that tonight? Is... <laughs> <laughs> that means going to church. That is a very cultural... That's a very black thing to do. Yes, come oh on. God. Listen, listen, that used to be a thing. It's not a thing with the new churches. The new churches don't really do that. They still like. do. Uh, they still do that, but I mean. For real? We don't. Yeah. I ain't been to a watch night service since. My church doesn't. I mean, Usually you get people come to the early. So they have two services at my church. So the people that come earlier, they people reportedly say, these are the people that's going to the club. And I'm like, y'all don't know that. I mean, some of them might be, but... <laughs> Some of them may just wow. be like, I need to go early because I'm not going to be awake at midnight. And exactly. I'm going to be in the bed. So that was like a whole thing growing up. Like, I didn't even know you did anything else at New Year's, but go to church late and bring in the new year. <laughs> I just I just didn't even know. Um, but that's definitely has not been a thing in my life for a very long time. This New Year's Eve, uh, I was working and that's kind of been the narrative over the last decade, either working or at a conference or an event or something. But uh, we hosted for Christmas. That was like a big deal for us. First time. Okay. Felt like an adult for real. Um, when you got to take care of a ton of other people. So we had people in the house for like a minute. That was not the um, first the time holidays. you hosted Christmas. It's not? No. When you were pregnant, you were hosting time? Christmas. And you got <clears throat> injured. And the whole day got oh, <laughs> oh. that was got horrible, hijacked. and that doesn't really count. Okay, so it yes, does count. They, I was Christmas was at your house. Now they weren't staying there, but it was there. So that means I didn't really host. You didn't have space for people to stay there. You did host exactly. The so day, that's though. why I wasn't hosting. Dinner there. I, All the presents came to your house. Yes. Uh, okay. All right. All right. Okay. So when I was pregnant. Raffinae is saying that I hosted Christmas mainly because m my daughter's birth was on the way. <laughs> so I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't leave as we traditionally do for the holiday. So everyone kind of came to us, but I don't really consider that hosting because it was like, by default, this has to happen. And <laughs> nobody mm -hmm. was staying at my house. But this time it was like, we had talked about it. Hey, Kristen and Mike are going to host People are going to stay at our house. We're going to cook. We're just going to take care of everything. And uh, it was good. It was really good. It has to be people coming from out of town. Um, my aunts came through. It was just, it was great. Um, ton of folks, lots of gifts. Kids had a good time. Mari is like, is it my birthday? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, it's not your birthday. <laughs> um, it's Jesus' birthday, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you, 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 no, it's not your birthday. But she's like, hey, presents, it must mean it's my birthday. So since Christmas, she's been saying, it's my birthday. My birthday in February. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. Uh, so anyway, so she's excited for um, <laughs> for three. Uh, anyway, so we hosted. New Year's came. I had a Pacers game, had a New Year's event. I was DJing until two in the morning. Um, and then a few days after that, I went to Florida for a week for an all-staff conference with Young Life because Mike is on staff with Young Life. 
And so I just feel like it was like just busy, busy, busy back to back, like hosting, then, oh, doing a conference. I actually had to like lead a seminar and then DJing a game and then New Year's party, then on the road. And then while we were there, we opened up for a group called Johnny Swim, which was really, really cool. Um, did some stuff with the Lion King and Disney. And it was just, it was crazy, but it was just a lot. And then got back and immediately had a basketball game and like just other stuff. So I just feel like life has been like, going, 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 going. Um, but I'm excited to finally be home, be still, be back with y'all on the podcast and, w- and with you, Raffinay. I, I, I ain't seen your face in a little bit. So anyway, let me just go ahead and jump into this new year topic. So it's 2020. We're not going to talk anything about seeing clearly or vision. Oh my <laughs> God, I'm over we- it already. It's only <laughs> a couple weeks in. I'm already over the 2020 <laughs> vision. Let it go. Listen, so many people are seeing clearly in 2020. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh man. Yes. So we're not we're not doing any of that. However, I do know that with the new year comes a lot of stuff. Comes new year resolutions. Uh, new year, new me. You know what I'm saying? And it's definitely cut off season. People are like, hey, if you were toxic, you know, for me last year, I'm cutting you off. I'm going into this new year free of all toxic relationships, all bad relationships, all whatever. And I'm like, listen, my God, uh, we cutting people off at the top of the year. So um, what I think would be a great in- uh, topic to talk about um, today would be how to recover from toxic relationships maybe that you had in 2019 um, and or how to deal with just seasons changing. And for those who aren't kind of familiar with that term seasons, um, it just pretty much means how to deal with life, life changes, big life changes. So in the same way that the seasons change from summer to fall to winter, um, sometimes seasons in our life change from being really, really busy to being not busy at all, to being really, really hard and dark and low to being more life giving. Um, and so, If you are going through a transition right now, this episode is a great episode for you. If you feel like last year you had some relationships that just drained you or were just unhealthy and you want a new outlook on the year, we don't want to just encourage you to have like new relationships and to start over and a reset, but we want to encourage you to recover well from those relationships from last year and move forward into this year with better habits. So before I let Raffinay just take off with this, let me just go ahead and just define what an actual toxic relationship is for y'all, okay? So when I say a toxic relationship, my thought is it's a relationship that you have with an individual that is in some way hurting you. It is damaging you, whether that be physically, emotionally, mentally. Um, It's a relationship that does not give you... Like, it's just not good for you. Um, And things that we would consider toxic, either whether it be in our nutrition or um, putting things like in our body, we would say that those things are damaging to us. They are not good. So I'm not talking about a relationship that's just hard or y'all are in a rough patch or whatever, but I'm talking about relationships where there is like damage happening. And not only is damage happening, but there's no desire from the person maybe who is causing the damage um, to grow or to be open to change or to receive like correction or con or, you know, willing to confront like the issue, like you're in a relationship that is damaging. Nobody wants to change or fix it. Everybody's kind of settled like this, like that is a toxic relationship. I think a relationship where, um, damage is happening because I think that that is normal for a relationship to be hurt, right. By someone. Um, but both people are willing to kind of like address the issue, talk about the issue, set new boundaries, talk about expectations, like all that kind of stuff. That's just life in health, I think. But when a person is damaging in a relationship and is unwilling to grow, unwilling to deal, unwilling to confront, like all those things, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's pretty toxic. And there's not really too, too much you can do, um, about a relationship like that other than maybe transition. And so, that is my definition of what a toxic relationship is. What do you think, Raffine, about about the definition? You think it kind of covers things, or am I leaving anything out? No, I think that's that's enough. 
Okay, so you take it away. What do we need to know as we're entering into the new year about how to recover from relationships that might have been damaging for us in 2019? Well, you know, I'm going to throw this out there as an aside. I hadn't written this in my notes, but I think a big part is being able to talk to someone about the hurt, damage, pain that has happened from toxic Mm, relationships. mm -hmm. So whether that is with a trusted friend, um, a mentor, uh, your mama, somebody that can be objective and really give you some guidance on the journey. Or if you go to therapy, going to talk to a therapist about it. Because I think if, if people are not careful, they can find themselves taking that hurt, disappointment, frustration, whatever it is that they've experienced into new relationships or already established relationships Mm -hmm. because of what this person or these people have done to me. And then it can almost taint the way in which you engage other people. So Mm -hmm. I like to describe it as the lens through which you view life. So if I'm viewing life through the lens of people are not trustworthy and people are going to treat me poorly, then it naturally will impact the way that I interact with the majority of people in my life. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think that's unhealthy because it puts onto other people what someone else did, which may not be true and or accurate for whoever those other people are. That was not the person that was toxic in this example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. <clears throat> so I think it it's a it's a hard thing to talk about and probably not always desirable to talk about because for some people I think they think it's easier just to move on and just either act like it didn't happen or push it aside. But if you can't if if you don't create space to process through or think through or talk through what happened, what made me disappointed and or hurt, um, what does this mean for going forward, then segueing into mm-hmm. my next point of like setting boundaries will will be difficult because you've not been able to assess or dissect or autopsy um what happened and so yeah when I think about an autopsy like they go in to do an autopsy to confirm the cause of death for an individual it's a more Mm -hmm. thorough analysis and assessment of the individual they may have some information but it gives them additional detailed information and so I, I think the same thing if if we're talking about a toxic relationship can be like okay how do I break this apart, look at everything, which is why I say talking to someone else, because someone else may have insight that that maybe you don't have a perspective that you don't have because you were in it mm-hmm. to be able to say, hey, maybe this was a red flag or maybe you had a part to play in this as well. They may be able to sure. point out some things on your end as well, not just throwing everything on the other person because Mm -hmm. it takes at least two people to be engaged in a relationship. So, no, I think what you're saying is really good. And I, and I, I think a lot of people are probably because it's the top of the year are trying to do what you're, what you're talking about. I don't, I think that the, the top of a year calls people to reflection, calls people to goal setting, calls people to like debriefing, like, okay, what happened last year? Where am I at right now? And so people, I think, become more aware around this time of year than maybe the other parts of the year where it's like, oh, I've kind of gotten into a um, cruise control, you know, with the year or I'm consumed with like other things at different parts of the year. So I think at the top of the year, people are in this space where doing what you just suggested is probably even more likely because it's just kind of the nature, at least of the, you know, this Western culture that we have here in North America. So I'm like, um, I think what you're saying is, is really, really good. And people should, um, be thinking through like what happened last year when it came to like my relationships, what relationships were toxic and unhealthy and, 
how did it, how did they become unhealthy? Not just what like which ones were like let's pick them out, but like how do we get here? You know, and doing doing that assessment, um, I think it's great. I think the autopsy uh, analogy is is really really good because sometimes the cause of death it looks like something on the surface, like oh this it's clear that you know this is what happened you know mm -hmm. and then they go in for the autopsy and they're like actually this person choked on something or you get what i mean like something you couldn't tell like from the surface and i think that also happens in relationships where we think oh yeah you know why me and this person over here are in the best place is because of this argument that we had or because of this misunderstanding it's like eh, it's probably more than that you know or could be more than that but you never know until you've done that work of having the conversation with somebody really digging to the root of a thing um so yeah i think that's great great first step boundaries yes boundaries was my next segue so i think it's important to have and set healthy boundaries and this is not just in relationships i think as a counselor most people that step in my office, I'm like, you have no boundaries or you have awful boundaries. Like in their life? Yes, period? just in general terms. Like typically boundaries is one of the <laughs> things that we're going to work on while you're here because okay. we, we live in a society where it's this microwave culture. It's like everything is easily and readily accessible. We've got these cell phones that it's like, I'm always available for somebody or other people are always available for me. We got text messaging, FaceTime, social media. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, like, no. And I'm the queen of no. And I am the queen of, <laughs> I'm the queen of boundaries and my cell phone is for my convenience. And y'all not about to try to make me say and or do anything outside of when I'm ready. And this is not just about phones, but I think in general terms, just because of the nature of our society, the point was, I think people have poor boundaries. And so mm -hmm. when I'm talking about boundaries, I'm talking about limits that you set as an individual that say, hey, this is what I'm okay with. This is what I'm not okay with. Now, yeah. what I find a lot of times is that people have difficulty with setting boundaries, one, because they just are uneducated and they just don't know how to set healthy boundaries. Two, <coughs> excuse me, two, people also tend to be concerned or consumed with how the other people will respond as a result of my boundaries. And in my opinion, that is a poor way to approach setting boundaries. Because the point of the boundary is to for your well-being, for your safety, and to take care of you. Mm -hmm. And so if, if you're setting a boundary based on how someone else is going to respond, then your boundaries are forever going to be moving because that person may respond in a different way based on their mood or how they're feeling today or if they mm -hmm. like you today or if they don't like you today versus right. being able to just say, okay, what are the things that I'm okay with? What are the things that I'm not okay with? Where is the limit? Where, where, How far am I willing to go and or not go? Where do I draw this line? And boundaries in relationships, I think, are incredibly important because it's an opportunity for an individual to say, hey, here's where my limit is. And then you're allowing the other person, well, my encouragement would be to share that boundary with the other person. And then it allows them an right. opportunity to respect that boundary or not. And I think if someone's not respecting your boundary, that's another conversation and something to be <clears throat> on alert about. Be For sure. I think that's a sign of toxicity. Yeah. It can, if you It can be. Or just you're in a someone that has someone poor that boundaries you... themselves. Yeah, that, that too. I think if a person finds, you know, as we're talking about this idea of recovering from a relationship last year that you might define as toxic, it could be very likely that you didn't have boundaries. It could be likely that you had boundaries, did not communicate those boundaries. Mm -hmm. It could be likely that you had boundaries, you did communicate the boundaries, and the person did not respect those boundaries. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it could be that you were in a relationship with someone who 
didn't have boundaries. Therefore, they don't know how to even, they don't even know. <laughs> you get what I mean? Mm-hmm. So with this variant of, or variation of boundary scenarios, all of this, I think, kind of speaks into how to recover from a toxic relationship by, well, if I, ain't ha- if I didn't have any boundaries, I need to get some. If I had boundaries but never communicated them, I need to work on having those conversations. If I had the conversations and the person wasn't respecting my boundaries, like to your point, that, that's another conversation that needs to be, to be had and decisions kind of need to be, be made from that. But I, I agree with that whole assessment of, of, of boundaries. And I think you've used some really good language when you were saying like boundaries are limits, you know, like how far am I willing to go? Um, boundaries are good when it comes to like your safety, you know, like all that kind of stuff. Like, I think that's good language to help people kind of understand like the importance and the value of a boundary specifically in a relationship. Well, and one other thing I'll point out that you didn't mention, it could also be maybe I had a boundary, but I didn't stick to my boundary. And sometimes we teach other people how to interact with us. So I may say, okay, my boundary is don't call me after 10 o'clock. But then if I'm calling you after 10 o'clock and I'm on the phone, then I'm communicating that it's okay to call me past 10. Like, I said mm-hmm. that was my boundary, but we we be a little loosey goosey with it, and mm-hmm. and and so sometimes people struggle with maintaining their own boundaries. Yeah, which I think is something to also assess and look at. Like, have I not been accountable to my own boundaries and what I've what I've said is the limiter that I want to establish? I I was gonna say something else, but I forgot. Mm. Sorry. No, it was about something you said. I should have wrote it down while you were talking, but I don't remember. It's all good. It's okay. It's all good. One of the other things I would say about boundaries is, so there's this idea of boundaries where boundaries can be healthy, boundaries can be rigid, or boundaries can be porous. So rigid is what it sounds like. They're just very, very strict. There's... um there's no wiggle room. There is. It's a hard no for me. It's just very stuck, very stationary. Mm -hmm. That is not healthy because it does not allow room for you to maybe notice that something is needing to be changed. It also, if you have very rigid boundaries, it also can minimize your ability to be open and vulnerable and transparent with other people because Mm. it's just as hard and fast. Like, no, this is the boundary. This is the limit, the end. Um, When we talk about porous boundaries, if you're too loosey goosey with your boundaries and they're just open, they're always flexible and willing to be moved around, then you could potentially be easily manipulated or you may not really know what the limit is because you may find yourself moving the limit based on your mood, based on the situation, based on the other person's mm-hmm. mood. And so it's mm-hmm. like, oh, my boundaries right here at line six. And if it's porous, then it might move up to line eight and then it might go back to line four if 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 there's mm-hmm. lines one to ten. And so you have to be careful with moving them too much and also with them being too strict and structured. And so you want to find yourself kind of somewhere in that middle of identifying like what's really healthy oh I know what I was going to say so when we're talking about this idea of boundaries I like to give people the example of thinking about what are some physical boundaries that you know that exist so for example in your home what are some physical boundaries that you know exist you answer Kristen oh me um <clears throat> right because you don't have a studio audience right um Okay, yes, physical boundaries. We have walls, we have doors. Mm-hmm. Yes. Windows. Perfect. Okay, so you have these walls, doors, windows. That keeps people that do not reside in your home, outside the home, unless you mm-hmm. open the door to give them access to come into the home. So mm-hmm. when when you're thinking about establishing personal boundaries, I encourage people to think about, okay, what are your physical boundaries that you're okay with or you're not okay with? So some people are like, I don't like to hug. I don't like to, you know, touch with other people. Some people enjoy that kind of stuff. Knowing physically, my limits are this. I want people to stay back three feet. Because when they get too close, it makes me uncomfortable. That's fair. 
Um, what are some emotional boundaries that you may have when it comes to your feelings and how you get engaged in relationships with other people, whether that is platonic relationships, romantic relationships, familial relationships, um, work relationships, all the different kind of relationships that exist out there with your children, with your parents. <coughs> Excuse me. Also, what kind of boundaries would you like to set regarding things like your time? You can set boundaries with, hey, I want to spend this much time every week on these particular things or connecting with these people or just in general terms, I want to spend this much time connecting with my friends each week or each month, whatever. Mm -hmm. So think about the different areas that you may be able to create boundaries and kind of start there. Because sometimes for people, it can be overwhelming to just be like, I need all these boundaries, but I don't know where to begin. Sure. Absolutely. So I think first takeaway for how to recover from an unhealthy relationship in 2019 would be to assess your boundaries. Um, do you have them? Have you communicated them? Are they being respected? Um, have you held yourself accountable to your to your boundary or have you been kind of. You said loosey goosey. That's not a word I probably would ever say. Okay. You can <laughs> insert your own word there. Uh, yeah, that's the only thing I can think of right now because you've been saying it. Just very Have you flexible. been wishy-washy? Okay. Have you been, yeah. there you go, wishy-washy. Uh, <laughs> with your boundaries. Um, yeah, and if, and if you know, you've, you've answered in a way that's not beneficial to any of those questions, going into new relationships this year as you approach new interactions this year, um, don't be completely closed, you know, obviously the idea of building with new people because you were hurt last year, but maybe just reassess, like, what boundaries do I want to have in place this year and how can I maintain them? So mm -hmm. I think it's a great first step. What's another one? So if that's the first takeaway, then point five takeaway is autopsy. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. I didn't want to forget assessment. that. <laughs> yes. Assess. Oh, yes. There we go. So. Uh, the first half of a takeaway <laughs> <laughs> is doing an autopsy on your uh, relationships mm -hmm. uh, that, that, that didn't go well last year to really make sure that you can assess what really happened um, and that you're not just jumping the gun. You're not just making a brash decision like you've really sat down, thought through, worked through, um, got to the root of what went wrong. And then as a result of that, start asking questions about boundaries. Yeah. I think an, another thing that people can do is um, just try. So there's this quote. What? <laughs> just try to build relationships. So there's this quote out there that says, um, and I don't know who said it or, or what the quote exactly says. I'm about to paraphrase. But basically the quote says, if you want to trust in a relationship, you just have to do it. You just have to trust. And I, I like the concept of that because I think sometimes people have this idea that this much time has to pass or a person has to do these certain things in, for, in order for me to trust them or to be able to build um, a relationship. And I think Sometimes that's based on fear and based on our past experience. And and I understand that. I, I think that is a real concern. I also think it can be incredibly limiting. And I think it can cause people to miss out maybe on opportunities because they are so guarded. And so mm -hmm. I think there's a healthy balance of being guarded and careful, but also like being willing to try again. And so at some level, I think you just got to try to build relationship. And so it might not be with all brand new people. It may be people that are already in your space, maybe that you want to see the relationship like shift or change in some kind of way. Um, and, and, and with the, with that, I think comes being able to ask questions in the journey. So, I like to frame the question as, are my thoughts about this situation based on facts or are they based on assumptions or an evaluation that I'm placing on this scenario? So what I mean by that, 
my favorite example to use, it's very simplistic, is you're walking down the street. You see one of your friends across the street. You yell out and wave at your friend and your friend does not respond. Okay. So the facts in this situation is I waved at my friend. I saw my friend across the street. My friend did not respond. Those are the facts. Now, I may make an evaluation or an assumption on that situation that, hey, my friend trying to shade me. I just yelled at them and they didn't respond. Now, my thoughts now are not based on the fact. They are now based on assumptions or an evaluation that I'm placing on this particular scenario. And Mm -hmm. that can be unhelpful because, again, it's based on the way that I'm filtering this interaction. There's also the other side of that, that maybe my friend didn't hear me. Maybe they got Mm -hmm. headphones in or maybe they tunnel vision. They on a mission to get somewhere and Mm -hmm. they genuinely didn't hear me. Now, my friend might be trying to shade me. That's also possible. But we can't only assume that what immediately comes to my mind is what the fact is, because Mm -hmm. that's not the fact. And if we ask those kind of or that the worst thing is the fact. Say that again. I was just saying, or that the worst thing that comes to your mind is the fact. Mm -hmm. Because I think people default to the worst thing. It is very hard, I think, for people to give people the benefit of the doubt or to believe the best. Mm -hmm. And so to your point, not just the first thing, but the worst thing, Mm -hmm. you know, as well. Yeah. And so I think in being able to ask questions in the journey of trying to build new relationships or even assessing the old relationships, you may be able to find that, some of the thoughts that you have are centered around maybe an evaluation that you gave to the situation or an assumption versus actual factual information about said situation. It's actual and factual. Sorry. Who is that? That's Teal. That's TLC. Yeah. Oh, I was like, um, I don't know that song. Girl, actually, you said actual and factual. I was like, come on, that's the TLC <laughs> lyric right there. They the only people on the planet that's ever said actual and factual. I don't, I don't, I mean, I only really know, you know, Scrubs and Chasing Waterfalls and like the real okay. popular songs. That's an insult. Videos. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Don't with the shoulder, with the shoulder Jason. bounce. Okay. And they was over the water. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> I just, oh I just gosh. saw the whole video in my head. Yeah. The whole, the whole thing. <laughs> Little has a natural <laughs> obsession. Okay, anyway, um, so point two, takeaway number two. You got a half a takeaway of uh, number one takeaway and uh, your second takeaway from what to do if you have experienced a toxic relationship in 2019 or a relationship that just went bad, right, in 2019. Um, point number two would be to try again because we sometimes get discouraged. We um, encounter relationships with people that don't go well. And then we're like, all right, I'm absolutely over this. Like, or we just, even if it's not a, like a choice, like, Hey, I'm not doing this anymore. Like I don't have time for this or my pride or whatever it, it, there is legit discouragement. I think that people feel when relationships don't work out, work out, especially if they feel like they've invested quite a bit into them. And so what I hear you saying, Raffine, is that just being willing to try again and not ascribe that pain or that hurt to every other person on the planet, right? (laughs) You know, for it to be a possibility that they would do the same thing to you Mm -hmm. um, could, could be a way to recover, you know, to really put yourself out there and to try again, just knowing that not every person is the same and not every relationship will be the same. Um, And yes, there are relationships that, you know, you can encounter hurt back to back. You can encounter disappointment back to back and um, let down back to back. However, not every single relationship that you ever have will will um, doesn't necessarily have to end the same way, especially if you're doing the work to assess what went wrong in the previous relationship before you're entering into new ones, you know, and hopefully learning from those things that um, might not have gone well. So I hear you saying for point number two, try again yeah just try and you're you're big on that whole choose to trust thing since i've known you you've been like you just gotta choose to do it <laughs> you just choose to trust well how do you how do you learn how to trust you You don't learn you just choose to do it <laughs> you're gonna learn after you choose to do it Correct. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah just point two over time and it makes me it makes me think about if you haven't listened to the i don't know what the title of it is red circle or something is it called red circle best friends oh the episode no it's like bff convos or something like that 
I was like, people gonna look at this and be like, what the heck is a red circle? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but just yeah, go in, back in an episode or two from yes, this one. Yes. And uh, we have a discussion about how those dynamics shifted and changed in, in our friendship uh, mm-hmm. group and um, how then you start to see things maybe in a new relationship that becomes reminiscent of something and you like, ugh, no thank you. Okay, mm-hmm. Hal talked about that, and and mm-hmm. I won't give y'all all the information because you haven't haven't listened. Go listen to it and then find out. But it reminds me of that, just that yep. that idea of, hey, you might even see things that seem familiar, but it doesn't equal that it's going to be the exact same because this is a different person and you're different also now as a result of maybe the things that you've experienced. And I also think sometimes we just need to change our definitions of what success and failure is because. Is this number three? I think that's relative. Oh, uh, sure. <laughs> I'm trying to give these people this list. This, these sure, this can be number three. So change okay. your definition of what success and failure is because I, that. I think just those very words put a lot of pressure on a thing to to be or to do or to perform. So if it's like, man, this relationship failed, that feels heavy. That sounds heavy. Mm. It's like, man, that mm-hmm. sucks. It failed. Versus maybe being able to say like, man, this, this relationship was really sweet for a while. And then, you know, it kind of disintegrated. And now I'm able to see... Here's some good things that came out of it. Here's some things that were not so great that came out of it. Mm -hmm. And it's just a part of my journey. And I Mm -hmm. think sometimes just changing our verbiage can be powerful because our words have a lot of weight and meaning. And again, I think people sometimes are loosey-goosey with words as well. And so if I place this evaluation on my relationship that it was a failure versus it was maybe a relationship that was just seasonal or a relationship where I learned and gleaned a lot and then it changed. It it can impact our ability to be open to just accepting the fact that things have changed. And um, like I said, being able to be grateful for what it was and what you learned from it. Yeah. I think this kind of makes me want to jump ahead into the, you know, seasons changing uh, tidbit. Um, We we wanted to kind of like make sure both of these topics were the same thing because there's a lot of overlap here. I think um, a lot of what Raffiné is saying really kind of points to this idea that when seasons change, sometimes your outcomes can change as well. So you could you could find yourself in a relationship in one particular season of life where you're interacting a certain way that is just completely unhealthy. The timing is not right. Um, it's just not good. But in the, that very same uh, interaction and engagement with a different person at a different time in your life, it can produce incredible fruit, like incredible fruit, you know? So I think sometimes it's not always that you're doing something wrong or that the behavior is wrong or that this was just, unhealthy and toxic because of the person maybe just the timing of it is wrong like where you guys are at that point if you think about like even aging like there are things right now at 34 that I can do and things that I can say ways that I can be in my friendships that I could not at 24 10 years huge gap Raphne has been with me a good chunk of them there are just ways that we can interact in our relationship now that we just didn't even know how to engage or interact before. There are ways that we were interacting and engaging on the front end of our relationship that would be completely unhealthy right now, just because seasons have changed. I'm no longer a single. I'm now married. I'm now a mom. You get what I mean? Like at one point in our relationship, we talk about uh, just the amount of time. Like there was just more time for us to invest in our relationship. Now there's not as much free time because of the amount of responsibility that we have Raphne has gone on to get degrees and like now is a licensed clinician and all these things and so it just has changed like the way because of the circumstances around us changing it has affected the way that we interact not to say that the way that we interact has necessarily been the wrong way or the right way any given 
time period, if that makes any sense. And so, um, again, I just liken this idea of seasons in our life to like the weather. Again, you could have one set of actions that you, um, implement in the summer and it creates lots and lots of growth and health in your life. That same habit implemented in the winter produces absolutely nothing. (laughs) You get what I mean? Because just the seasons are different. So as much as we're sitting here and encouraging you to do the autopsy, like do the work of figuring out what happened in relationships in 2019 that went wrong, and then to assess what might've been in place regarding your boundaries or what wasn't in place regarding your boundaries. Then on top of that, just encouraging you to try again, you know, in different relationships and to make sure that you're redefining your definitions of success and failure um, amidst all of that. Let's say none of that changed and just the year changed. It is very possible that you could have a completely different result this year than you did last year just because the year is different. And to Raffinay's point, you're different. You're older. You're you're potentially more mature. You get what I mean? Like, so it's a, it's a dance. And I would say that you just need to have all of these things in your arsenal, in your toolbox, so that you can know what to pull out at different seasons. I think that that to me is the definition of maturity. Be, one, having more information, more knowledge, right? And understanding than you did maybe in a previous point. But not only that, having more resources under your belt so that you have more choices to make um, <coughs> when it comes to how you're assessing and working through your information. Brene Brown is um, infamous for quoting. Um, I mean, th- there's something that she says in one of, I think, her specials when she talks about how um, sometimes in her conversations around politics or things that are happening kind of in our world, people will just jump, like completely jump on top of her and just completely bash what she has to say. And she's kind of likened people's limited perspectives to only having like a a couple tools in their toolbox. And she'll say like, that's a crappy toolbox. Like the fact that you only have like a hammer and a screwdriver, like that's a crappy toolbox. You can do a lot with a hammer and a screwdriver, but let me just say, you don't build everything in the world with a hammer and a screwdriver. And so it would be like, it is behoove the word. Like, you know what I'm saying? It would be good for you to probably just have more tools in your toolbox. So when you're facing situations that are, similar yet different or you knew you know what I'm saying or whatever you don't have to keep going back to the same approach and effort you can do your best to assess like oh well maybe in this season I can take a little bit of what I learned here but then try something new to see if this works oh that didn't work oh maybe I can double back and just completely scratch what I've done before and just try something completely different or let me just do what I did before and see if it turns out different because I'm different and this person is different and so we might have a completely different outcome than you know this former relationship so um so yeah I think it's I just want to jump in there with the whole seasons bit because I think your list is great I also don't want people to be consumed with this idea of the list and not just really consider the fact that there's this God factor that we can't control this time factor, this, this unknown space of seasons. I think sometimes that also affects what happens in a relation relationship that we can't always predict. Mm -hmm. When you were talking, it made me think of this quote I saw in my planner. It says insight without action is worthless. And that's a quote by Phil McGraw. And mm. it's it's something I find myself saying a lot of times to people. It's like, yeah, we want to increase your awareness and you want to know stuff. But increased awareness is just additional knowledge, head knowledge. If you don't actually do anything with that, then it's like, well, what's mm-hmm. the point? You're just sitting around with more information. And so even as, you know, people are assessing and thinking about all this stuff that we're talking about, about the seasons changing and what happened, like, then you got to do something with that. You can't just stop Mm -hmm. at, well, I evaluated, okay, then what? Like, what's the next step of that so that you can Mm -hmm. actually begin to see benefits and fruits of that? And again, it may not manifest itself in the way that you want, and that's okay. And I think sometimes we've just got to get to a place where it's just like, I'm just accepting kind of what's happening in my life and enjoying it for what it is. Because even in my own life, I'm seeing that there are relationships and friendships that I'm building and and they change sometimes just for all kinds of reasons. 
I got work friends and then I stopped working at that job. I don't dislike y'all, mm-hmm. but like I don't see you every day anymore. So then mm-hmm. we've got to really be intentional to keep in touch. And mm-hmm. sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. But it's okay. I, there's no love loss. It's not like psh, they trash friends. I'm just like, mm-hmm. you know, the convenience that we had of seeing each other every day was great. But like when you don't have that, then it's like, okay. How do we continue to establish and grow this relationship if that's something we're doing? Or is it just kind of like, oh, we just really were being friends while we were there in that same space. And now it's not, it's just kind of like, yeah, those people I know, we keep in touch. We may hang out once a quarter. That's cool. Like, Yeah, and I think you only have that. I mean, I, I mean, you and I both know that you really only have that level of security and subtleness in that type of transition when you have layers in friendship and tears in friendship, when you can say like, oh, the relationship that I have with my coworkers, you can assess like, well, what was that? Were we just coming together because we worked at the same job? You get what I mean? Or is there really something here that can be taken to a deeper level? The only way you can even assess that is if you're okay with the idea that you just have people that you share common ground with for a season and there's a connection. Like, And again, that goes back to the layers in friendship where you again have this aspect of like, strangers and acquaintances and comrades and compatriots and you know your inner circle so if everybody has to be a deep soul sister soul brother friend you know what i'm saying like we kindred spirits like we we you know i just you know like if every relationship has to be that then you can move from job to job and not even think about it. you know like hey i just we were just sharing a cubicle whatever but if you can really value the fact that hey, we're coming together for this common goal like every single day for 40 hours plus a week. There is significance in this connection. You know what I'm saying? Like it might not be as significant as someone I would consider a kindred spirit, but there's there's significance here. And if you can if you can ascribe significance and value to, to something for what it is, where it is, then when transition happens, you can properly like be th- you can be even more grateful for that. You can be uh, your gratitude increases. I think that you can appreciate that connection. And you can ask ask yourself, hey, do I want to be intentional with this person uh, outside of work now? Or was that just something that we had because we shared this common goal? Mm-hmm. And if it was just because we shared the common goal, that's OK. Mm. Like, it's all right. <clears throat> and, and so. Yeah, but that that's a whole nother episode. And we've probably, I feel like we've had that conversation. <laughs> um, I was just talking to my mentor yesterday about um, coming into the new year and topics and content. And what's funny is I feel like I'm having the same conversations over and over again, just multiple ways. Yes. Like I don't really feel like the content is changing or like I'm saying anything new as much as I'm just saying it in a different way in hopes that people get it. Because I do hate, ignorance like I hate the fact that people are ignorant they lack knowledge they don't have understanding about some about things and so I'm constantly trying to take things that seem lofty and big and deep and make them very very simple to your point so that people will do something because let me tell you people look at this at this thing called life and friendship and relationships and it just be overwhelming like it's just a very complicated thing for them um but I'm like, it's not complicated. It's just a conversation. Like, let's simplify all of this thing called friendship down to this notion of having a conversation with someone and conclude that maybe the sum of our friendships are our conversations. You get what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and so, um, so that you can feel like this is attainable. This is doable. Oh yeah, I can have a conversation. Like, can you make friends? No, I can't make friends. That's, that's, that's just too much. But I can have a conversation. Oh, well, you know, if you have several that might, lend itself to a friendship <laughs> you get what I mean like so all of that to say um we're gonna have to we're gonna stop there for today I'm sure Raphne had a ton of things but you got the autopsy as your 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 0.5 step <laughs> uh to recovering from any type of unhealthy relationship you felt like you had last year do the assessment you know um do the autopsy of the relationship dynamic um think about what your boundaries are that's your your second your second note um try again like put forth the effort to just try again um knowing that you are different seasons are different people are different and you have more tools in your toolbox maybe to make better choices uh redefine what success and failure are so that you're looking at things through a realistic lens (coughs) um sorry i almost died just then 
<laughs> you did it. Sorry. <laughs> I don't want to go out like this, Jesus. <laughs> it's it's not noble. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, Get a hole. How did she? How did she? <laughs> <laughs> Get a hole. Oh, that is sweet. that's the whole commercial right there. So this episode is sponsored by. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, sorry. Um, I I do need to go suck on the hose because this is this is sad. So yes, those four things: autopsy, boundaries, trying again, and redefining success and failure. Anyway. Um, we love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. We have so much to talk about every episode and we only get to ever scratch the surface, I feel like, but that is why we've got two seasons, uh, almost, I guess two seasons, almost under our belt of heart conversations. And we want to continue the conversation with you. Uh, remember if you ever want to ask a question or have us elaborate on anything, you can always send us an email at askheartcombos at gmail.com. That's A-S-K-H-E-A-R-T. C-O-N-V-O-S at gmail.com. They out here like they ain't got no questions. I ain't seen and question coming at inbox. Hey, send in your questions. If you have something that you would like for us to talk about anything, we will. If you want something or want us to elaborate on something that you've heard us kind of mention in an episode, let us know. We'll do it. Uh, Thank you so much to the patrons that give to um, uh, us monthly, that give us the ability to do this. Um, Your generosity um, frees us up to make time for stuff like this. So thank you so much um, for your, your gift. And I'm trying to think if there's anything else. If you ever want to hear, learn more about what heart combos is or follow more, uh, follow up on anything that we've talked about, you can pretty much find everything that we have to offer at heartconvos.com. So H E A R T C O N V O S, um, dot com. You can find the friendship challenge there. You can find merchandise there. You can find, um, access to our mailing list there. TED Talks, all kinds of just content, vlogs, all kinds of things. So we love you guys. Be on the lookout for um, Raffinay's new social media page coming soon. I'm very, very excited about that. Can't really say too much more because she didn't really know that I was about to say that. But she's got a platform that she's about to create um, online. And I'm very excited uh, to share that with you guys. So stay tuned for how you can get more access to that. Um, and yeah, I think that that's it. You got anything else you want to say? That's the end. Have a good day. Have a good day, you guys. Remember, it is not a hard conversation. It is a heart conversation. We love you. Until next time, peace.